This is the Black and Blue Report, presented by ABC Insurance Agencies. A better choice for insurance. Now, from Studio B or wherever the Saints and Pelicans might be, here's Brianna Nowlin and Cassie Calvert. Hey, Saints and Pelicans fans, you are tuned into the Black and Blue Report, your favorite podcast for all things Saints and Pelicans. And you are on with Bree and Cassie today. A lot of things to talk about. Um, going straight into it with this on the Saints side of things. Yesterday after a noon, the Saints signed safety Raphael Bush to a one-year contract. So he's coming back to New Orleans in a Saints jersey. He played with us during the 2012 to 15 seasons. And last season he was with the Detroit Lions. And he ended up playing all 16 games had 48 tackles, one sack, two interceptions, three passes defensed, and five special team stops. So it'll be good to have him in the safety position. I know we're trying to build back up that defense in the Saints during this offseason. He also had his first career touchdown last season with the Lions. He returned a interception for 39 yards, and we'll talk to him about that later in today's show. He'll be one of our featured guests for today, but he is coming off an incredible year in mm-hmm. Detroit. So I think Saints fans should be really excited to see him back. We also talked to him about his number. So P.J. Williams wore number 25 last season. Obviously, that was his number when he was here. He was 31 with Detroit. So he's going to spill a little bit about <laughs> what's going to happen with that number yeah. when we hear what from him you later have, on. like the Bush jersey from before and exactly. then the number changes? So like, what do you do? <laughs> he's he's going to tell you. So he's working on that. Stay tuned. So you got to <laughs> stick around for that one. Pelicans also had some announcements yesterday, not super surprising, but just finalizing that center Omer Osik and forward Quincy Pondexter are both going to miss the remainder of the season. Pondexter obviously underwent arthroscopic surgery on January 4th, so further updates on his rehab will continue to come in throughout the offseason. We wish the best for him. Omer Osik also has a gastrointestinal infection. Those are extremely rough to deal with, so he's been battling (laughs) that. Um, so he's expected to return to basketball activities about three to four weeks. So that'll put him after the season. Mm-hmm. But in, the good news is today it's Pelicans game day. We only have three more home games left. And we are taking on the Sacramento Kings tonight at seven in the Smoothie King Center, which is DeMarcus Cousins' former team. And you'll also see some familiar faces in Buddy Heald, Langston Galloway, and Tyreek Evans. The Kings lead the season series 0-2, to two, and so we're hoping the Pelicans don't get swept, but we haven't played them yet since we've had that boogie trade. Um, so hopefully we'll see a lot out of that, especially since the AD and boogie combo is starting to heat up. Drew Holiday is starting to find his groove with both of them. They've gone 5-2 and two in the most recent games that Boogie and AD have played together, and AD has averaged 28.3 points and 12.3 rebounds. Cousins has put up an average of 23.7 points and 10.3 rebounds. So it's going to be an interesting challenge for the Kings' defense. Like, how do you defend these two big men? You can't double-team them because then you leave two other players wide open. Honestly, they <laughs> don't really have an answer for either of them, and – Cousins has really been the hard matchup for AD when we've played them previ- and the Pelicans have played them previously. Sacramento actually has a three-game losing streak in New Orleans. They haven't won here since November of 2015. Excuse me. So it's going to be an interesting game. We'll be interested to see Langston, Tyreek, and Buddy back. Buddy has done really well since joining the Kings. He's averaged 14.7 points per game. Also increased his 
um, field goal percentage. So he's played 17 games for them, had 10 starts. He's a huge part of their future going forward. He obviously was acquired in that trade on February 20th. So in that Breaking down that trade, the Kings received Buddy, Langston Galloway, Tyreek Evans, a 2017 first-round draft pick, and a 2017 second-round draft pick, both of those barring other considerations, obviously, depending on where those picks fall. And the Pelicans received Marcus Cousins and Omri Caspi, who's no longer with the team, obviously. But will be interesting. Jordan Crawford said that Boogie is definitely hyped for this game. He said <laughs> Pelicans fans are going to want to have their popcorn ready. I'm sure he's going to have a spectacular game, but he also said that he's not going to make it about himself. He's bigger than that. He, a lot of these guys he played with, you know, and he has good relationship with his teammates. He has nothing against them, you know, so Mm -hmm. he's not going to make it about himself. He just wants for the Pelicans, obviously to go out there and get a win, which is really crucial for the team right now, given the push for the eighth spot. Yeah, definitely. In the playoff picture, the Pelicans are four and a half games away from ape in the Western conference. There's only seven games remaining. So, a lot of stuff has to happen in the Pelicans' favor in order for us to make it to the playoffs. Yeah, looking at Portland and Denver, Denver will actually be in New Orleans next Tuesday, and that will be your last chance to see the Pelicans play at home. Denver plays the Hornets tonight in the Heat Sunday before heading to New Orleans. They lost to Portland on Tuesday, so Portland right now is ahead of Denver. Trailblazers host the Suns tonight. They have two games coming up against the Jazz and the Timberwolves next week. Jazz, obviously a good team this season. Timberwolves... Might be a good matchup for the Trailblazers. They also beat Houston last night. So the Trailblazers are red hot right now. They're riding a five-game winning streak. So Pelicans Ooh. are going to need them to <laughs> cool off a little yeah. if they want those pe- the playoffs to be a possibility. Yeah, definitely. We also have another home game this Sunday against the Chicago Bulls at 5 o'clock in the Smoothie King Center. Chicago leads the series 0-1 to when we lost to them in January, 99-107. to And they also beat Cleveland last night, 99-93. to They face Atlanta tomorrow night and then head to New Orleans for that Sunday game. So they'll at least be playing back-to-back games. Maybe we'll get them a little bit tired on Sunday. This is going to be a big game for the Bulls, though, because they're also battling for an eighth spot in the mm-hmm. East, but they're only one game back for the Pacers. So they're really in the picture right now. Bulls kind of have underperformed this season. A lot of people expect them to be up a lot better when you have Dwayne Wade, Jimmy Butler, these guys. So the Bulls are definitely motivated to be winning every game right now. They're, New Orleans is currently run, running a five-game losing streak versus Chicago. So yeah. New Orleans will be looking to turn that around on Sunday. Bulls looking for a win to push them over that playoff hump. So should also be a great game on Sunday. Definitely. So a lot coming up in today's show. We are going to hear from Mark Spears, the writer for ESPN's Undefeated. Yeah, he put out a really good feature with Boogie today, a great Q&A kind of behind the scenes of what this transition to New Orleans has been like, so definitely check that out. Daniel Salerson caught up with him yesterday, and he was in town. I spoke to Raphael Bush after he signed yesterday with the Saints, so like I mentioned earlier, he's going to talk about (laughs) his year in Detroit and that whole number controversy with P.J. Williams. And then we'll also hear from Jason Jones, who covered Boogie Cousins when he was in Sacramento. He's a writer for the Sacramento Bee, now covering our friends, Buddy, Tyreek, and Langston. So we got a great show for you. Stick around. We all know Saints fans are humble, hardworking, likable, and the most devoted fans in the league. All of that takes energy. The energy you get from a warm bowl of Campbell's Chunky Soup. Its meaty goodness fuels the greatness of Saints fans everywhere. Try the delicious Chunky Chicken and Sausage Gumbo. 
Just visit your local Winn-Dixie and ask for Campbell's Chunky Soup, the hearty way to fuel your game, and the official soup of the New Orleans Saints. The future is bright for your New Orleans Pelicans with the addition of all-star DeMarcus Cousins along with Anthony Davis and Drew Holiday. The time is now to become a Pelican season ticket holder. Those locking in their seats by Friday, March 31st will take advantage of the price freeze and also receive a food and beverage gift card worth up to $600. Call 504-525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com today and win the night. What's up, Pelican fans? This is Anthony Mackey, a shorter, talented version of Anthony Davis, and you are listening to the Black and Blue Report. Go Pelicans. Welcome back to the show. It's always a treat when we get Mark Spears here, especially in studio. In studio. It's, I got to sign the door. You got to sign the door. This, that's, that's, a, that's an inside thing here, getting, getting able to sign the door with that's all the celebrities, and including, what was that little boy's name? Jarius. I mean, that's the best That's the best thing yeah. on the door. Jarius is on there. Yeah, he was killing it. Um... But also in studio, you know, we, you've you've been on a few times now. This is, I think, the second or third time this season you've been here in studio. I know you love coming back here every time. Well, you know, my man Doug Tatum, I got to give a shout-out yeah. to him. We we go back a bunch of years, and, you know, you guys always treated me good. So I love the black and blue report. So if I could come in studio, that's a treat. Mark Spears from ESPN's Undefeated. And, Mark, we'll get to the Pelicans in a little bit, but let's talk about some of the things going on around the league right now. And, the biggest thing I want to talk about, I've been asking everyone, is the MVP race. And I don't know if anyone has the answer yeah. to who is the MVP, but you have a guy in Russell Westbrook who could average a triple-double for the season. You have a guy like James Harden who's putting up incredible numbers with a team that is doing a little better than the Thunder. How do you decide right now which one, or can you decide right now? It's it's really confusing. There was a guy um, who asked Mark Stein, my colleague at yeah. ESPN the other day, like guy trying to write a story about who we're picking. And he told him, he's like, you know, I, I didn't, he didn't answer the guy. And he said, he told him, he's like, look, man, I didn't blow you off. I just don't know. Mm-hmm. And I and I think that's a fair thing to say. Like, it's a really hard vote. I mean, Kevin Durant getting hurt made it a little easier. Right. I guess LeBron's team having their recent struggles has kind of almost pushed him out the race. But now, I mean, like, you got to mention Kawhi Leonard, too. Yeah. Um, to me, it's a three-man race now. Look, Russell Westbrook is having a masterful year with his triple doubles. I think the one leg up that James Harden has on him is his team's record is is better. And I wouldn't say that the Rockets roster is dramatically better. Some might say that their roster is about the same as the Thunder. Maybe some people might see the Thunder as a better roster. So, you know, I think record certainly plays a role in it. I know James Harden has mentioned games played, but that's – typical for any MVP like they're gonna play a lot of games so but man Kawhi Leonard man he's had a great year the Spurs had the better record of three um you have to consider him as well he's just not a guy that's gonna yell and scream and always have numbers that's gonna yell at you but when you at the end of the day you're like dang he had he had a triple double too or yeah you know what I mean it's just the Spurs always like to lay in the woods so what I do when I vote I wait to the day after the end of the regular season. I like to take it real serious, mm-hmm. especially That's even just, more so yeah. now because my name's on it. Yep. But I, I have one uh, I leave confidential person that I like talk over things over with that I trust their opinion. But I take it real serious, and I turn it in like the day after, like 3 or 4 o'clock, and the NBA starts getting pissed. They start mm-hmm. sending me, when are you going to send your votes? You're the last one. Mm-hmm. 
you know. But I take pride in the vote, so that's why I take my time. And that's a convoluted way of saying I don't know who I'm going right. to vote for right now. Is there – I mean, with those three guys and all three of them you, you envision could be the MVP, does that mean there's no wrong answer maybe with who you pick? Because you can see if Westbrook – so you're like – you understand why. If you see Harden get it, you understand why. And with Kawhi Leonard as well. Does that mean that oh, whoever you pick, you're not going to be wrong in the sense, right? Well, in a Twitter age, there's always going to be hate. Yes. Especially now with your be, name being out there. Yeah, too. there's always going to be somebody who you didn't pick their guy, so you're a jerk. Right. Or you're a bleep, which is yeah. usually what I am. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I don't, I don't know that there's any right or wrong answer. It's going to be, and like some people say, it should be Cole. Uh, I'm not. Yeah. Whoever gets the most votes wins. Right. I don't need to do no Cole because I believe Kawhi should be in the mix too. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see. Uh, I just um, I think that it truly is one of those things that's going to come down to the wire. But I look at the entire body of work before I decide. What 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 weighs more for you? And you don't have to go into obviously you don't know who you're going to vote for yet. But what weighs more for you? Do the stats play a big factor, especially in a season where Westbrook? Yeah is putting up ridiculous numbers or do the wins and where the team is in the standings way more to you? Or do you have, you find the balance of you got to find that middle ground? Well, if you're an MVP candidate, your, your stats are going to be ridiculous anyway. Right. So all of them have amazing stats. So, so the next thing I go to is record. Mm -hmm. That's why Kawhi, I mentioned him, like his record is so much better. I mean, to me, if 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 they had end up having a better record than the Warriors, which it doesn't look like it's going to be the case, that would have made it certainly a lot more difficult to pass on him. Um, you know, he'll he'll probably end up being three, but that's where I think perhaps maybe James Harden. See, it's funny because if, if Russell Westbrook has his fifty-seven point, you know, triple yeah. double game, so then all of a sudden that right. day he should be the winner, right? Then James Harden has a big game, and oh, oh like it, it's like a tide yeah. that keeps going up and down. They both had two triple doubles with 50 or more points. Yeah. But what if what if Russell breaks the record as far as most triple doubles in the season? Then yeah. I'm but, sure that. But, but but like I said, I what if the what if the Rockets have eight to ten more wins? Yeah. Like to me, that I probably put if if you if you want me to have a tiebreaker. That's where I get okay. my tiebreaker at is is wins and losses. Which is interesting to see just with how different people vote because you are going to see people that – I had Sean Devaney on from Sporting News the other day, and he was flat out, how could you not vote for a guy that – and he got the side. He wants he thinks Harden should be in the conversation yeah. as well too, but the guy that has a historic season like Westbrook, how is he not MVP? But then it's just – I think it's just a question of how different writers vote for it. Yeah. Do, you, do you see a change as far as the voting for maybe uh, – you know, not back in the day, but, you know, four or I, five years ago. I, I think now the fact that our names are out there, which I'm not really excited about. Right. I caught the Howard Beck rule because Howard Beck from Beach Report pushed for that. Mm-hmm. I didn't agree with it. Yeah. You know, I was going to be transparent anyway because um, to me, like, I ain't getting paid for this, so why should my name be on it? Why should yep. I get ridiculed because this is how I voted, mm-hmm. you know, who I voted for for president, and you could probably guess correctly. Yeah. Uh isn't out there, so why right. should this be out there? It's just like something I'm doing to help the NBA out, really. You know, I mean, I take pride in being a voter, but like I was a voter for the Hall of Fame for three years. Nobody knew it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, That's a good so, point. Um, but it, to me, it, it, if the Twitter world or the social media world wasn't as angry as it is, I'd probably enjoy it more. But now it's it's just a mess. So 
you know, but I, I really don't care. Right, you're basically just going to yeah. be prepared that someone's going to be mad at you no matter yeah, no matter what. No matter if there was a unanimous Houston MVP. Rockets fans will be mad if I don't vote for Harden. Thunder fans will be mad. Then there'll be a contingent of Spurs fans. Mm-hmm. Then somebody in Boston might be mad because I didn't vote for Isaiah Thomas. So either way, you can't win. Do you sense – I know the record for the Pelicans is not up there as far as – player being talked about in the MVP conversation because Anthony Davis a few years ago was in the top five, but that was when the Pelicans made the playoffs. I mean, where would AD be in that conversation if the Pelicans had a few more wins under their belt? Well, it had to be more than a few. Right. Um, They'd have to be... Is it top four? Top. Well, I mean, Thunder aren't top four. Right. Which is like, people forget that. Like, like, it's okay. It's nice you have these stats, but Mm -hmm. your team isn't, you know. um, But I think the thing with AD is just being healthy. Like, we know what he could do. He's a, he's an, obviously an amazing player. Cousins being there, I think, helps make him even better. Um, I mean, two years ago, we were he was projected to be better than LeBron. He's projected yep. to perhaps be the best player in the game. And that's not to say that that stand, still can't happen. It, it still can happen. He just uh, – this whole franchise has been, like, snake-bitten. Yep. So, if they could just get past the injury woes, you know – Maybe next year it's Anthony Davis's year. Well, let's talk about Anthony and Boogie Cousins now. And you had a great conversation with DeMarcus Cousins in an article out on ESPN's Undefeated. How have you, from afar, I'm sure you've watched a ton of these games since Cousins has been. What have you liked about it? What have, what have you seen from those two on the court together? Especially now that they've started to pick it up yeah. a little bit. I, you know what? I've kind of figured this was going to happen. And then, you know, even Cousins kind of warned. He's like, like it's not going to happen overnight. Mm-hmm. So that's the tough thing about when you make a trade this late. Like, it's rare that it, like, clicks immediately. Pau Gasol to the Lakers clicked immediately. But more often than not, it's the next season. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing that Cousins talked to me about. He's like, man, I could see it. I could see what this could be. So then now, over the summertime, you, you get some free agents that fit these two guys uh, to kind of, like, help them play better and make the team better. So that, that's going to be exciting for, for them. And uh, this team can easily be a title contender if the right pieces are added around them. I, don't, I mean, it's closer than people think. So we'll, we'll see what this offseason holds from either a draft, trade, you know, free agency standpoint. But I really expect training camp under their belt to Pelicans to really be a problem next season. And I'm curious to see how when – the dust settles and they get the team together, how us mm-hmm. media guys project them to be. But I, I, I could see this being a TV next season. It's on TV all the time that people are, you know, getting having problems with and potentially, like seriously, could have a chance of being a title contender. And I know you don't know this answer, and I don't know if anyone knows this answer, but, you know, free agency obviously is going to be important this year for the Pelicans. Does this yeah. change things a little bit? Do Will players oh, yeah. look at this and go – Man, I had the chance to play with two top ten team, uh, two yeah. two players. This oh, no could doubt. be the perfect place for me. No, I, I think it's very attractive. I mean, I'm biased. My family's from New Orleans, so I like New Orleans as a city. Right. Um, I think but, most people do too. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but you're you're talking about being on a team where you're with two of the top ten players in the league, right? Yeah. Some may argue two of the top five, depending on who you talk to. So yeah, I, I think now you're going to see free agents p- perhaps come here that didn't come before. You know, the question is, how long will Cousins stay? So a free agent might be a little concerned about right. that. Um, I would roll the dice on it. 
I'll roll the dice on him sticking around. I'm not saying that he will. I know he knows this is a business, and he's going to see how it goes. But there's some special dynamics here that I don't know that he could get anywhere else, whether it's a comfort zone that's similar to Mobile, Alabama, that he grows up, or the ability to just drive home mm-hmm. and go see mom or grandma when he feels like it. You, you can't do that. I don't know that he could do that from Alabama, Atlanta, I guess, yeah. maybe, or something like that. But um, playing, it's hard, and he knows this because he didn't to play with another elite player. I mean, Rudy Gay was pretty good, mm-hmm. but he, he really didn't have any elite player in Sacramento. Mm-hmm. Now he has an elite yeah. player to play with, and you know that you're one superstar away yeah. from being a major problem. And so – Perhaps they could convince that guy to come this summer. Do you think he felt a little pressure in Sacramento just because he was the guy and there wasn't a lot of people around that he felt like he had to put all the weight on his shoulders? And now has some of that pressure gone away a little bit, especially since this team is starting to click right now? Well, he said it's easier offensively because, you know. How do you stop two of them? You can't. You can't guard both of them at the same time. So, you know, he said he's seeing all defenses that he's never seen before, mm-hmm. yeah, um, which is, you know, in a, in a good way. Uh, I I think um, in Sacramento, man, he he wanted to be their Kobe Bryant. He wanted to be their, you know, Larry Bird, their Dirk Nowitzki, their 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 Tim Duncan, that guy that's there the whole time, and and was born there and dies there and has his jersey there. Mm-hmm. Now I do think in time his jersey will, is will still be up there in Sacramento because yeah. I think he'll be a Hall of Famer one day. Right. Um, so I think that I asked him, I'm like, was it about, you know, what, were you most upset about the money that you lost? And he said, he said, people probably don't believe it, but it didn't have anything to do with the money. I wanted to be there, which I thought was very interesting. That yeah. He said that. Yeah. Well, we're certainly glad to have him here. That's yeah. for sure. And we're looking forward to see how these last seven games play out. And then also how the uh, off season plays out. He did out. say keep him away from the restaurants, man. That, that's fair. That's hard to do. Yeah. I mean, it might be your only problem. I know. Yeah, keep them away from Desi Vegas and, this, this, and all them other ones. It's going to be tough. That'll be very tough. That's for sure. Mark, always a pleasure when you're able to stop by, especially in person here. And uh, we'll see you down the road, my friend. All right, brother. Take care. All right. We'll be right back. If you don't want to miss out on any of the action, get connected with your New Orleans Pelicans 24-7, 365. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter for exclusive prizes and giveaways. Plus text with all the latest breaking news right on your phone with Pelicans mobile alerts. Visit pelicans.com for information on these great features. Plus sign up for Pelicans Insider with weekly updates from the Pelicans. Join the conversation today. Are you ready for a new challenge? Set your goal and go for it with the Smoothie King Change a Meal Challenge. Just change one meal a day with over 20 delicious meal replacement smoothies, all under 400 calories per 20-ounce cup, and sip your way to your goal weight. With flavors like pineapple mango, strawberry blueberry, dark chocolate banana, and more, it's easier than ever to reach for your goal. Take the Change a Meal Challenge, only at Smoothie King. Smoothies with a purpose. Take the challenge as part of a low-calorie diet and daily exercise program. Weight loss depends on individual needs. We're talking Saints football on the Black and Blue Report. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. I'm Cassie Calvert, and this morning I'm joined by a special guest. We're welcoming back Raphael Bush to the New Orleans Saints. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. So you spent last season with Detroit. It was a 
you're coming off a great year. How does it feel to be back in New Orleans? Uh, this is home. Um, I spent last my last four years here. Um, you know, my family is really accustomed to you know living in New Orleans. Um, a lot of great friends here, a lot of great relationships. Um, this is a place where you know I earned my um, my respect, uh, earned the trust of the guys upstairs as well as my teammates. So it feels good to be back, man, and you know be appreciated by guys that you've you know went to war with. You did face the Saints last season when you're in Detroit, and what was that game like for you? And what did you see from this team that maybe that you can build on this year? Um, well, at first, you know, being a competitor, I wanted to make sure that we could get the win, mm-hmm. you know, as, as any other guy would. Um, and um, I just wanted to make sure that I was able to, to do my part on the field as well as helping our team win. But, um, you know, just, just staying in contact with some of the guys um, are still here in New Orleans. Um, had a lot of close games last year that could have went either way. And, uh, you know, that's the, the beauty of football. Um there's a, about two or three, maybe four plays that can determine the outcome of the season. Uh, maybe one or two plays a game that can, can determine the outcome of a game. And um, a couple of those balls didn't didn't fall um, their way. Uh, but you saw a lot of improvement. And, um, you know, I think they made some great moves this offseason. And um, I'm excited to see where this takes us next year. And with the draft this summer and bringing guys like you back into the fold, you think this is a promising season for the Saints? I really do. Um, you know, these last couple of years, I think, um, I know three of my four years here, we've been 7-9. I think there was 7-9 last year. Mm-hmm. But there's something different about, you know, the culture here. And I see, I see it changing. You know, I think there are um, a couple of players away, maybe just a couple of um, um, plays away from, from being a playoff contender. And I think you saw that last year. And I think you saw that, like I said, there's a couple of plays that determine the outcome of the season and the ball just didn't bounce their way. But, you know, there's a lot of talent on this team. Like I said, they, they got some, some great pieces that, that can fit. And um, I'm excited to see it. I'm, I'm ready to get to work, you know, ready to get back in it with my guys and, um, you know, go in here and make a run for it. Speaking of getting back to work, the Saints will be back in the Orleans for training camp this year. What yes. do you think that adds to training camp? Well, you know, this is my personal opinion. I think, you know, being in Greenbrier, obviously, is, is real secluded. It's, it's isolated. Uh, the weather really wasn't a factor there. And I think just being in this type of environment as far as here, home in New Orleans, it brings a different, a different atmosphere. We know it's going to be extremely hot. Um, that's something that's very challenging. Um, so you're already facing challenges before the season even starts. And you're already facing adversity before the season even starts. So I think the last time we were here, uh, we ended up making the playoffs. And, you know, camp was extremely hard because of the heat and some of the things that we did. You always had to push through a practice. Practice was difficult, but you had to find that that inner drive to, to finish a practice. And those things um, translated into games. It translated wins. So I think just being back here, being in this environment, in this atmosphere, is going to be challenging, but it's also going to mold us into the team that you know we can uh, be for the season that's upcoming. Do you tangibly see that maybe in preseason, maybe farther into the season, the maybe having extra endurance after having to deal with the heat of the summer in New Orleans? I would, yeah. You can, you can. Endurance also plays a part into it, but I just think just mentally, there's there's flows and ebbs in the game. There there's highs and there's lows, and you know, when, you, when you've when you been through that, you know, and especially in training camp, when you've been through that and you can say, hey, we've been here before, you know, there may be a time where a team goes up 14 points on you and you get hit in the mouth before you know it. 
but you also been there before so you can revert back to your training. Hey, we've been here mentally. Remember all of the hard days in training camp, so it's not nothing to panic about. Let's just do what we do and get back in the game. So as far as mentally, I think that's where it's most important um, coming back home for camp. And about the atmosphere with having so many fans at training camp, obviously fans, a lot of fans make the check to the green buyer, but having it in New Orleans, it would draw even more. Do you think that makes it almost more like a game atmosphere? I just think it is most more important for the fans that's, that's here who can't afford to go to Greenbrier, mm-hmm. who can't afford to go there to, you know, watch their favorite team play. I think that part is more beneficial for them. Um, we appreciate, you know, the love and the support because, you know, I think that this is one of the most um, uplifting, loving cities to play for. You know, the fans here are crazy about their, their team win, lose, or draw, and they're going to have their team back uh, no matter what. You know, I, I was able to, to see that, to be a part of that. Um, so – I don't think that's ever going to change, but I think it's more for for them and their benefit to be able to to come to camp, to be able to to see us at work. Um, so I think that's more for them. But we really we do appreciate that. We do appreciate their their uh, you know coming out here in the heat while we're out here working and training just to watch us um, uh, practice. So that's that's a great that's a great feel, and it's also something that we don't take for granted. So you obviously putting in work in the off season, but you also had a great year last year. Every guy is trying to improve season to season. But you had your first interception return for a touchdown last season with Detroit. What was that like? It felt like I've been there before, man. I, I I mean, I think the hardest part for that was just catching the ball. And I think once I once I feel like once I can get the ball in my hands, you know, I can do some special things. Um, like I said, I played running back in high school, so some of those skills I I still I still own. Some of those skills I'm still capable of doing. And um, what's crazy is I think before that game, or maybe it was before the, uh, the first interception I got that year, I was telling GQ, I'm like, man, if I catch an interception, I'm scoring. That's always my mindset. Because, <laughs> you know, we don't we don't really get that opportunity to get the ball in our hands that much. And when we do, you know, we got to make the most of it. But um, it was it was the, the, most, the most important thing, the most exciting thing was about it was that we were struggling in that game. My offense couldn't find a way to, to score points. And we was coming out in the third quarter. And I can just remember saying, come on, man, give me one. And that very next, maybe two plays later, you know, the ball popped in the air. And he was able to give our team a boost in order to win that game because we were struggling offensively. So scoring on defense was big. And I think that's that's what I took out of it. Like, yo, I was able to, you know, to help my team, you know, gain a victory, which was most important to me. Because like you said earlier, just one play like that can really change the course of the game and change the swing of a season even. Absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, we had a lot of games uh, last year that went down to the wire, you know, a play away from being a loss. And um, like I said, it it takes only one or two plays. And one thing I can say I learned about um, being in Detroit was the attention to detail is very, very important. And, um, you know, Going away and coming back—that's something that I wanna wanna strive on, especially on defense, because you know that results in the wins and losses. It's not so much about the talent; it's just it's more about what you know. How can you um, put this into your game plan, and what's your plan? So, I think attention to details is probably the most important thing. And most of the great teams that who are good consistently, they stick to the details and they understand the details. It's not necessarily about skill set. That plays an important part, but the details are the most important thing. And if, if anything, I, I feel like I, I've learned in my year in Detroit, 
that would definitely be the most important thing that I've learned. Awesome. So what is your most thing that you're most excited for about being back in New Orleans with the Saints? Man, I mean, I can, there's so many things, man. Just being in front of this crowd, um, being in front of these fans, you know, playing somewhere, you know, where you've, you know, made your mark, you know, you've earned your respect, you you know, you earned your trust of your teammates. To be back with guys that you've you've been with for years, you know, I call these guys my brothers. You know, even though I was gone for a year, I still was in the group chat with these guys. <laughs> so it's not like I, I felt like I was still here, but I was just, you know, in another city. So, I mean, I kept in contact with guys and, you know, it's just the relationships. That's the most important thing people don't realize about the sport of football. It's the relationships that you build. And uh, I was able to build a, a lot of relationships here. So that that helps mentally, um, you know, coming back here. And it helps on the field, too. So it's a lot of things that I can say that I'm excited for. But um, I think just being in front of this crowd, you know, playing with your brothers, um, probably be the most important thing to me. Well, the fans will certainly be excited to have you back. I have one question for you, though. So you – War number 31 with Detroit last year. Obviously, your old number is taken here currently. Will you try to get 25 back? Out of respect for the game, man, I think I think it's only right. So I got to, <laughs> you know, reach out to PJ and, you know, ask him, you know, kindly, hey, man, won't you let the uh, veteran get his number back? Um, it, it was crazy. It's, I almost felt like that this, would, this was, you know, was going to happen. So, like I said, I keep up and I keep in touch with the guys and, when I found out he actually got the number that year, I was like, man, he got my number. Like, I was still playing for him. Like, how oh, did he get my number? But like I said, man, uh, hopefully I can get the number back. I know a lot of fans would love to see that. Um, it means a lot to me. Um, you know, it, it's been a part of my career here. So um, I have to reach out to him in a group chat and see if, it, if it's a problem or not. It shouldn't be, though. We'll see. Keep us posted. I'm sure fans will be curious about that one. Thank you for your time this morning. And from all of us here, welcome back to the Saints. Glad to be back. Auctioner believes the best way to predict the future is to invent it. Here, our doctors and staff are changing lives day after day. Every week, I'm operating on babies who are days old with hearts smaller than walnuts. We're giving these kids a life they wouldn't otherwise have a chance to grow up. Sometimes cancer patients come who were told they were out of options, but Auctioner has the most clinical trials in the state. It's amazing to be able to give second chances. We're always a step ahead, even with simple things, like getting you in to see a doctor today versus a week from now, so what you have doesn't become something bigger. It makes a difference. Every day, Auctioner is creating a better future by looking forward and thinking differently to find life-changing solutions. That's healthcare with peace of mind. Appointments are available today. Call 866-AUCTIONER or visit auctioner.org. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Here's Daniel Sellerson. Welcome back to the show. Of course, the big game at the Smoothie King Center on Friday is Pelicans and Kings. A lot of different storylines to talk about here. And joining me now is Jason Jones, who covers the Kings in the NBA for the Sacramento Bee. Jason, how are you? Thanks for coming on. I'm doing pretty good. How about yourself? Good, good. Jason, obviously the the talk tomorrow, or I should say Friday here, is uh, DeMarcus Cousins facing his former team. But first off, let's talk about the Kings for a second. What is the team? What has 
post boogie life been like in Sacramento? Well, just for me, it's been kind of just dull. I mean, he always it's always exciting or something going on with with them when he was there. So even if they're having a losing season, you know, he was always going to be entertaining. But it's just been kind of just run of the mill. Nothing really, you know. They're losing a bunch of games right now, which obviously is by design. You know, they're not trying to, you know, get them, they weren't trying to get back to the club if they traded the market. So it's kind of just. Watch the young guys play. See who they're going to rest from night to night. And the guys are playing hard. It's just that you know there's a talent. There's a talent gap most nights with them now. Well, the Pelican uh, in the trade, the Kings were able to get Buddy Heald, Tyreek Evans, and Langston Galloway. Let's talk about Buddy Heald a little bit. How has he adjusted to his new role in Sacramento? For the most part, he shot the ball well. Last about two of the last three games, he had some struggles. But for the most part, he shot the ball well. Uh, he's shown some signs that he can be a little bit of a playmaker and a rebound some here and there. But, you know, overall, they're pleased with the progress he's making just because, you know, it's one thing to be a rookie and learn the league. It's another thing also to be a rookie and then have to change teams and, you know, learn a new system, a new role. But he's happy and it's just the fact that he likes the fact that, you know, he knows the Kings really wanted him and the Kings are giving him a lot more opportunities and he was going to get in New Orleans. I was about to say, has his usage been up a little bit since going to Sacramento? Do you feel like his role has increased since joining the Kings? Yeah, just because the Kings don't have a primary guy. Mm-hmm. So for them, it's just about trying to find whoever's open, and, and they're going to run a lot of stuff for him to get him looks. They're going to try to keep him involved any way they can. That comeback when he gets the Clippers they had on, on Sunday. He, he had been miserable for the first three and a half quarters, and then he just caught fire in the last five minutes. I mean, 11 points in like five minutes helped him win that game. So they, the Kings kind of feel like if he's open, they want him to shoot because they feel like an open three for him is almost like a layup. He's going to make more of a little, way more than he misses. Let's talk about uh, the game against the New Orleans Pelicans. First off, is it how weird is it going to be since you've covered this team for a while and covered DeMarcus Cousins? How weird is it? going to be to see him in a number zero uniform for New Orleans? It's going to be really weird for me. I've never, you know, i covered him his entire career, so it's already been weird the last month or so not having him around. You know, and it's going to be weird seeing him in a different jersey. And, you know, me and him had a lot of jokes. We go back and forth. Well, I, had a, I have a really good relationship with the market. So it's going to be weird because, like I, you know, outside of the offseason, I've never gone this long without seeing him. <laughs> yeah. So it's going to be a completely different, you know, different thing. And I know he's going to want to come out and, you know, go straight through the game. I already know how he is and how he thinks. So it'll be. I expect him to have a big game. Yeah, I was about to say, what what do you expect from him as far as his emotions? I know it's going to be a little different that it's not in Sacramento. This one's here in New Orleans. But do you expect the same emotion that he would probably get in Sacramento, or is it going to be a little different knowing that he still hasn't been back since he's been traded? Oh, it's going to be the same emotion. I know him, and he might like it more if it were in Sacramento, but he knows, you know, the front office guys the trade him will be watching the game. He knows there are a lot of people in Sacramento who are convinced that uh, the market being gone is the key to them, the Kings getting better, and that he was kind of the problem with the organization. Even though I've written said more than once, there's no way in the world one player who's actually your best player, is the cause for all the problems the Kings have had. But he knows all that stuff. He knows the people about him since he's been gone. And 
I fully expect him to be completely ready to go. Yeah, and uh, he's been playing well here, and obviously the Pelicans have been clicking. I know you probably haven't been able to see a lot of games with him, but what have you noticed yourself about him fitting in with AD and the rest of the Pelicans? He knows it. He's a smart basketball player, so I know I knew over time he would start to kind of figure out what spots work best for him playing with Anthony. He's never played with a player. Uh, he's never played with another all-star player. The best player he's played with is Rudy Gay, and he had Rajon Rondo last year. That wasn't, you know, the Rondo from Boston. That's the Rondo coming off the injury who was mm-hmm. trying to stay healthy. You know, and it wasn't, and it was kind of on a one-year deal. So, I know he's a, I know he's smart. I knew he was eventually start to figure things out, and I've kind of noticed him doing that. And I know a lot of people, it was funny, a lot of people in Sacramento, I call it, they hate watch the market now. They watch hoping he does bad. So they can kind of further justify why they didn't want him there, but even the numbers about well, he doesn't. They don't play as well with him and Anthony on the floor together. I said, of course they don't. They've never played together before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I said that team that that team would play better with just Anthony at times because well, those guys all played with Anthony. They haven't played with Demar. So I, I, I kind of felt like you got to give this thing, you know, into next season to see, you know. You need practice. You need a training camp. But I, I, you, you do see the signs they're figuring it out. And the fact is, if you want to go based on the raw numbers, the Pelicans have one more game than the Kings since the trade. So. Yeah, it should be an interesting game. That's for sure. That's Jason Jones with the Sacramento Bee. Real quick before I let you go, I just want to talk about a little bit about the game. I know the Kings are uh, out of the playoff picture, but the Pelicans with very, very, very sli- uh, slim chances of making it, but still playing for something right now. Um, what are you seeing from the Kings in these past few games, and what do the Pelicans have to do um, to kind of contain this young Kings team? I think they got to get got to be physical with the Kings. They're not a very. But one thing they talked to me the most, the biggest thing they lost in the trade, it was along with the market, they also waived Matt Barnes. They kind of lost that gritty. I mean, they're, they're a team that plays hard. You know they, they put, you know they do they still do that, but they lost that nastiness, that edge, and because they're so much smaller now, teams that beat them are teams that get physical with them. You know, especially on the perimeter. And I think if the if the Pelicans want to win this game, they're going to have to get physical with these guys. I know they're going to have no problem doing that. So if you're physical, try to try to make it a rough kind of roughhouse type game because a lot of these young guys still aren't used to that. And when they lose them, it's because they just basically manhandled them at the time. Should be an exciting one, that's for sure. This is the Kings Center. That's Jason Jones from the Sacramento Bee covering the Kings in the NBA. Jason, I appreciate the time, and uh, we'll talk to you at the game, my friend. I know for many times. All right, we'll be back after these quick messages. It's family night. You take the wife and kids to a new hibachi restaurant. The flames go up, your wife's eyebrows get singed off, and Junior leaves with a black eye, thanks to a projectile shrimp. But it doesn't have to be this way. Win the night with the New Orleans Pelicans, facing off against the Chicago Bulls Sunday, April 2nd, with free mini basketballs for the first 3,000 kids. Visit pelicans.com for tickets and win the night. We all know Saints fans are humble, hardworking, likable, and the most devoted fans in the league. All of that takes energy. The energy you get from a warm bowl of Campbell's Chunky Soup. Its meaty goodness fuels the greatness of Saints fans everywhere. Try the delicious Chunky Chicken and Sausage Gumbo. 
Just visit your local supermarket and ask for Campbell's Chunky Soup, the hearty way to fuel your game, and the official soup of the New Orleans Saints. It's Pelicans game day. This is the Black and Blue Report. We're going to wrap things up on this Friday edition of the Black and Blue Report, heading into tonight's Pelicans game day. Great game coming our way against the Kings. Have your popcorn ready. I'm excited for this one. I had this one circled on my calendar the minute the trade <laughs> I know, <happened>. right? <laughs> I think everyone's going to be tuned in. Just can't wait to see what these teams do tonight. Both. It'll be great to see the guys back again. Buddy Lynx and Tyreek obviously have great relationships here. So looking forward to seeing them. I'm sure Boogie's looking forward to reuniting with his teammates. And then when we come back on Monday, we'll be recapping tonight's game as well as Sunday night's game, talking Saints free agency, talking about the Masters coming up next week, and we'll have LSU Pro Day next week. So yeah, we stuff. might also get a little bit of Final Four talk on Monday as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Final Four games happening tomorrow, Saturday night. South Carolina and Gonzaga play at 6.09 p.m. Don't forget that 09. (laughs) This is the first Final Four appearance for both teams, Mm -hmm. so that'll be an exciting game. Um, One of them will be heading to the championship. For the first time. Yeah. And then Oregon and UNC play right after that at 8.49 p.m. This is UNC's 20th time playing in the Final Four and the second consecutive year. They're used um, to it. I'm very aware. <laughs> I As know. a Duke alum, I am very aware. So I am rooting for a Gonzaga, Oregon National Championship Monday night, <laughs> which we'll go. be able to recap on Tuesday. <laughs> Both Carolina teams could lose. I'd be very happy. So um, that's my bias. But So we'll have to see. I mean, but Duke has been a 12 Final Four under Coach Kennedy. So, you know, they have their time. We won two years ago. So. Yeah. No, can't win every year, I guess. No. Has to be some sort of parody, which is annoying. <laughs> Maybe next year. <laughs> yeah, we'll be back. All right, so have a great weekend, everybody, and go Pelicans. We'll see you on Monday. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report, presented by ABC Insurance Agencies. A better choice for insurance. If all goes well, we'll be back next week. Tune in each weekday at Moon Central or at your convenience exclusively online at pelicans.com and neworleansaints.com. Follow your teams direct from the source. The Black and Blue Report.